Hey lovelies, welcome to episode number 23 of the journey of self-love through self-care. My name is Amy Mercado and I am the owner and creator of my company, The Mercado Method. That's where you can find me teaching a variety of classes online and in person from fitness to yoga, breath work, fascia release, meditation and more. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk on a subject that has really kept coming through to me especially lately and it's a bit of a a subject that I find quite difficult to speak about and it's actually been speaking to women recently that I didn't realize that I wasn't alone on this journey of holding certain emotions and experiences around this. So in today's episode I wanted to talk about womb healing and terminations and abortions which I know can be a really triggering subject for some of us um, especially if we have what I feel like is almost like I'm holding like a dirty secret in my closet and I just felt like it's the time that I wanted to share my journey and allow myself to express and maybe connect to some of you that may be holding this energy as well around yourself So back in 2016, as a lot of you would know, I was in a married relationship. Um, I had a really good job. I was self-employed and employed. My partner at the time also was was employed and self-employed as well. We just bought a house together as well and we'd paid for our own wedding and we'd bought the house and it was almost like everything was getting ticked off the checklist. I'd got to that stage as soon as we moved in, I was like, right, okay, we have a home now because one of my fears was always if if you was to have a child and then for instance, say you might be renting. I've had experience before where I've known people have had to move out really suddenly and it's, it's really stressful if you've got kids and stuff and they're at schools and trying to find somewhere else to live. So we had an agreement really and it was once we'd bought a house together, we could then start trying for a family. And we'd literally got the door keys, I remember this really well, we got the door keys the 6th of January 2017 and literally within a few weeks was like, right, I said, I'd, I'd, you know, it was next on my tech chick, my list and I was like, it's time to start trying for a baby. I'm going to be 31 this year and it seems like a good time. I'd put some money away for savings for like my maternity as well. So I sort of, you know, I, I'm a Virgo. I like to be really structured and organized. And I was like, had a plan. And also as well, part of the plan was if if I did struggle potentially being at home with, with the baby, and I'm gonna be totally honest, I, I had an agreement with my partner that I could go back to work if, if I was struggling. and it was always something that he dreamed of being a stay-at-home dad so we you know we had we had lots of options so I knew that I had lots of options to sort of make sure I was following what I felt like was the right path at the time of stepping into parenthood so we would literally started trying for a baby for a few weeks and then overnight my world changed I our, our marriage broke down and I went from being a married woman in a new home, potentially now pregnant, because it'd been like three weeks and we'd been trying for a baby, to, oh my God, I'm, I'm not with this person anymore. We can't move forward on this journey. 
it was just like my life had just come crashing down around me plus we worked together so <laughs> it was um, a very 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 challenging time and it was even as well I was holding so much energy I remember having to go to work and speak to uh, my boss to let him know about the situation because we all worked together as well which was nuts and um, I was like oh I, I also might be pregnant as well and I'm trying to cope with trying to focus on what to do with my life right now and my boss he was amazing like he's one of my most favorite humans in the world and like he really really got me through this time as well and I cannot thank him enough for being such a strong strong person for me and he was like don't worry like everything's gonna be fine we will we everything's good and he was exactly what I kind of needed to hear that day and it was then going to my cousins literally that afternoon and trying to pretend that I was fine and I didn't want my family to know what had happened so I was still trying to process and my cousin just knew straight away she just looked at me she's like what's wrong with you I was like nothing she was like what is wrong with you and I was like I'm fine she was like Amy and then I just broke down and I was like the marriage is over I'm I think I'm pregnant like blah 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 and everyone just sort of engulfed around me and it was like really shocking but really supportive and really nurturing and there I was thinking I wasn't going to sort of tell anyone <laughs> and it was exactly what I needed and then I remember feeling really unwell that day as well and I went to the toilet and I had come on like the heaviest period ever and I was like okay well that sort of eliminates that worry of you know I'm potentially now going to have to carry a child and not be with this person and, and deal with all this stuff so in a way it was almost like a, a relief so it sort of like wiped that slate clean and then I just continued to work throughout this process of, of the breakup. We still had to work together as well, but I just emotionally shut down. It was like someone had flicked a switch. But what I did do is made sure I looked really well on the outside. I started training harder. I just started to hold myself differently because I thought I don't want anyone to see how vulnerable I am. And instead this massive wall went around me and everyone was like wow you look amazing and I was like yeah I feel great like I just wouldn't even entertain seeing my partner at work it was like I would look through him and I had like a different perspective of just keeping myself safe and anyone that sort of got in my way I did get quite angry and aggressive but I channeled that through how I would train and if anyone did approach me because everyone wanted to talk about it because it was almost like we became the talk of of the town in the gym which was really hard everyone knew our business and I had to if people did come up and question me it was like I had to like be fierce about it and fight around me and I also had lots of strong women at the time that also helped with that protection but now I look back on it it didn't it, it kind of protected me at the time but it also didn't do me any favors not allowing myself to feel my feelings and what I also did was I went to the GP because I'd recently come off my anxiety medication and I went to the GP and I said that this is a situation I need to carry on working and be fine. And he put me straight back on all my propanolol, which was four a day. And what that would do is if someone did come up to me at the gym to talk about things, um, yeah, they would, they'd be quite rude and they'd be like oh is this true did this really happen and blah 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 and I would take it very personally and I'd normally end up having a panic attack 
So what the propanolol would do was slow my heartbeat down. So as soon as I got triggered or anything would come up for me, the propanolol would slow my heartbeat down so much that you couldn't have a panic attack because when you have anxiety, you'd know your heartbeat's really, really fast to the point you can't breathe. And it got to the point where I'd get up, I'd take a propanolol, go teach a class. There'd be like 30, 40 women in there. I'd just pretend everything was fine. I would then come back downstairs from the class. I'd take another propanolol. I'd then get on, train my clients. Then the late afternoon would come, take another propanolol to sort of get through the day. And then I'd wait for my last propanolol for when I'd get to bed because by that point, everything that I wasn't even allowing to come through was still trying to come through. So I'd pop another propanolol and go to sleep and wake up the next day and then just get on with it. I didn't take time off work. I just carried on working through everything because I was like, no, why should I stop working? Like, I have to power through. I have to be a warrior. Like, I don't want to show anyone I'm weak. And um, I literally just sort of got on with things to the point of I then went on holiday with a good friend of mine at the time. And I met someone. And it's only been six months since me and my partner had split up. But me and this person, we just clicked and it was easy and I I just felt loved and appreciated and the energy that we had was just was incredible it was an amazing time together and we connected physically I'd like to say emotionally as well and just we just had the best time like I'd started going on holiday again I started to remember who I was the relationship I'd had before with my partner who when I was married like I'd got very serious over the six years we were together I'd stopped really socializing I just became a workaholic um, we didn't really spend proper time together unless we went on holiday and we'd only go on holiday right at the end of the year so we just worked and worked we worked together we lived together we we ate together whereas when I met this new person it was like a breath of fresh air and he really taught me how to be playful and expressive and just be spontaneous he was so go with the flow he'd be like yeah let's just just go away next week I'm like I can't I've got work he was like just do it and I'm like oh he really really did change my life and he also was really supportive in everything I did because I was into yoga at this point I'd really really fell into yoga heavily when this happened with my marriage ending yoga got me through my days the first six months and when this new person come along like he wanted to do yoga with me and it was it was amazing he would support me at my classes he just really really made me believe in myself and show me how strong I am and so creative at what I do and if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be where I am today on my next stage of my journey so I'm super super grateful but We'd got to the point where we we would always sleep together and we had the, you know, it wasn't the best method as we know, like condoms weren't something that, you know, neither of us really wanted to, to wear and it was always, you know, the pull out method. But to be honest, I'd always been safe with it. I've got polycystic ovaries and it's something I've never really had an issue with with my past partner either, if I'm totally honest. And, you know, all the years that we was together, I never fell pregnant. So one of the weekends that we, we were out, me and his partner, we'd now been together six months and we'd had a fair bit to drink that night and I was up staying in his end of the woods and that night, for some reason, he didn't, didn't pull out. And I'm sorry if this is a bit too graphic, but it just shocked me. And 
the thing is the week before we'd been the sexual energy between us was amazing and the week before we had been fucking like rabbits and I was like wow like to I'd lost my libido over the years if I'm totally honest and to have it come back this strong blew my mind but that next week I'd had my period everything was normal and anyway yeah we had this weekend and when that happened it was like a punch in the face and I was like I went into this mode of oh my god he wants to trap me he wants to have a baby with me I've only just started to live my life what's he doing and then we had this like huge sort of like debate and argument and the thing that sort of jarred me the most was he looked at me and he was like what do you think I am some one night stand and I was like that's not the point like it should be something we both I know in the heat of the moment and stuff like that but it, it just felt like my power had been took away and I just just like right I'm gonna have to get them all after pill which I did not want to do like and you know what we was playing a game anyway with with the whole not using protection so you know it's something that I probably would have had to have dealt with at some point anyway and he was like you're being ridiculous you finished your period yesterday and I was like I know but you, you know it's better to be safe than sorry and blah 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 and we had this whole thing and then he he got with my old partner when we used to argue he used to call me dramatic and it used to make me feel really shit because that was also something I used to not like about my mum I used to see her as being really dramatic and me and my mum used to clash back in the day and we used to not get on very well and I used to be to her you're so dramatic and it was a part of her personality that I was like I rejected unbeknown to me now I appreciate my journey is the parts that you reject of your parents they're in you anyway and you need to learn to nurture them and see them as a strength as opposed to a weakness because I am dramatic and I own that now and part of being dramatic means that I can do things like this talk about things with ease and grace and I can I can perform my classes and I I can just be me and I can use that dramatic flare-up to have fun with it rather than seeing it as a bad thing I utilize it as a skill now in a good way but him saying that back then I hadn't done any of this journey it just sort of made me feel like shit and it made me remind me of my old partner and it made me think of my mum and I was like I don't want to be dramatic and it just made me just shut down and made me feel like I am dramatic and he's right I did finish my period yesterday and I'm causing an argument over nothing and it probably is nothing you're being stupid just go to bed and we I couldn't really sleep in the night because I was just my mind was going crazy I was like you know this is suddenly potentially you know what is this what what am I doing and I just felt like I'd disconnected from myself and surrendered in a way that I didn't want to in the morning we woke up and he was really apologetic. He was like, look, I had a lot to drink last night. I should ne-. And he'd never, ever, ever, ever spoke to me like that before. And he was, you know, he got really upset, really remorseful. And I felt really guilty that he felt so bad. And I was like, look, you're right. I am being silly. Like he got, we checked on the internet because we thought it'd make sense. And it was like, you know, finish your period yesterday, da, 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 that and the other. And he was like, look, we've got, we'd booked to go away in um in a week or two's time he's like we've got Thailand we're going to be away like we've got four weeks together um I'm really really sorry and I was like yeah you're right and I said I do, I do want to go home he's like no no stay stay for the evening so I stayed and then I drove home 
and when I got back from the weekend I sort of was just I was just like yeah he's right I am being silly but I just felt really deflated and really like I just felt like something had shifted so because we was going away back then like I knew when you go away as far as I was aware like you go and get your vaccination so back then I'd booked the doctors and when I got back I was like right need all my jabs for Thailand because I'd changed doctors the nurse um they'd lost my my records for jabs from my past doctor and I was like well I've had everything I think and she went look it's better to be safe than sorry and you're not pregnant are you and I said no so they gave me three in one arm and three in the other it was really painful and I remember my arms being sore for a while but didn't think anything of it and then the following week before we went away we went to a big rave and we was like sod it we're going away and we hadn't done we'd since since me and my partner had broken up after my marriage I'd sort of not been touching drugs or anything back then but when my marriage broke down I just became a little bit reckless and I was partying at the weekends and I was taking like a lot of MDMA and and just mixing certain drugs. So because we had this rave, we was like, let's go in before we go Thailand because it's going to be amazing. And again, like I did quite a lot of drugs that night and it was one of my favourite nights dancing and we then literally flew to Thailand like a few days later. When I was out there though, I was still on all my anxiety meds, so the doctors just kept repeating my prescription, repeating my prescription, which was great. As far as I was aware, that, that had meant for the next the next months, since since the breakdown in the February, I just could take my propanolol all the time. I'd take them to sleep, I'd take them to get through the day, and especially now, I was like, oh, they're going to be great as well in Thailand because in case I get jet lag, and I was also really, really anxious when I was out there as well. So at this point, we're now in Thailand and I wasn't sleeping and the jet lag was really bad. So I was taking six propanolol a day because I was like, well, I'm not sleeping. And if I did wake up at funny times, I'd take another propanolol. So I was maybe even six or eight a day. I was taking a lot, but I'd made sure I had plenty on prescription before I went. And Christmas Day came and I'd been pretty regular with my periods at this point. Even though I had polycystic ovaries, they'd become regular over the last year. And I... My period didn't come, but then we was like, oh, it's probably because like, you're jet lagged. And so another week went past and my period didn't come. And then it was like, it's gotta be jet lag. Week three in, it was like, my jaw looks different. I felt different and my energy just felt very different. And my partner at the time was like, you need to do a test. And I said, there's no way I'm doing a test out here. We've got another week or so left and we'll have to deal with this when we get home because it's the last thing I wanna do. What I should have done, but I felt guilty because he wanted to fly us home early. I didn't want him to spend that money on flights. I was like, no, it's ridiculous. You're wasting your money. Um, what I should have done was just come home because it just didn't help. And it was on the back of both of our minds. And now I'm thinking, oh my God, I've done drugs. I've had my jabs and I've been taking all this medication. Um, but I didn't want to deal with it. So we stayed out there for another week and flew home. And then as soon as I landed, I did a pregnancy test. I did the pregnancy test that I'd had in the cupboard from my marriage when I was gonna try um, and take the test after we'd been trying. And it was one of those ones that show you how many weeks you are and it showed me like how far I'd gone. And it literally lined up with, with that time. And I just said to him, you need to leave. I don't want you here. You need to get out. Like you promised me, you know, you promised me you'd always 
protect me and never hurt me and I was just like I can't deal with this and it was awful like I made him drive really long drive back and he was just heartbroken and I just didn't know what to do so I literally got back into work after being off for like over a month and I said to my boss I'm going to need a little bit more time off I explained the situation and he was great and um I said exactly what had happened and how ashamed I felt I was like I just feel horrendous I booked an appointment with the doctors and said to him like what are my options and I said to him like, I'm worried about the medication I've been taking I'm worried about the drugs that I took and I'm worried about the vaccinations I took and the doctor was like look it's your call it's you know it's it's totally up to you and then I spoke to a really good friend of mine and he was like well are you going to be able to relax through this pregnancy knowing that you know something you could have affected the baby and I said to him no I just feel horrendous so I booked to have a termination but it was like a bit of a lengthy process like I wish I'd sort of done it privately now um, but everything works out how it's meant to work and the doctor had to sign me off to say that um, I was of sound mind to do this and then you then got put in touch with another centre and then you sort of had an assessment with them and then they was like right you're going to need to take a tablet make sure someone drives you there and someone picks you up or stays with you and it just sort of went through the process so at this point I phoned my dad and I was like dad I need you to be here I explained the situation and he was great like he didn't ask any sort of questions he just was like yeah I'm there for you don't worry and that was like wow he just he didn't question anything and what they'd said to me is when I take a tablet, they was like, you can eat beforehand. Um, you probably won't want to eat afterwards to so have something to eat beforehand. So I turned up and at this point they've scanned me and I'm actually now um, nine weeks pregnant and three days unbeknown to me at this point. Time had just sort of gone. And she was like, I'm really, really sorry, but we can't give you a tablet because you're actually on the, on the borderline of the mark and you're going to need the surgery. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And she was like, well, because you've eaten today, the next appointment is next week. Can you do that? And I was like, yep. So I went out to the waiting room and I said to my dad, right, it's not happening today. And I had a class on at, uh, at the gym and I'd asked someone to cover me and I'd said, I phoned them and said, look, you don't need to cover me. And my dad was like, we're going to go to the gym. I said, like, yep. Because I was like Mrs. Autopilot, Mrs. Workaholic still. And taught my class and I went back the following week. And this time I got a, a taxi on my own because I didn't want to burden anyone. So I went on my own and I sat in the waiting room and it was really surreal. There was lots of people there with people and I was just sitting there going, you've got this, you can do this, you can do anything on your own. You do not need anybody. You are a warrior and nobody else needs to be involved. I hadn't even told my ex-partner at the time what was going on. So I can't even imagine what he was going for on the other side, not knowing anything as well. But I was like, nope, this is me. Fuck everything else. Then I got called upstairs. They was like, go in this room, put this gown on, led me in the room, just popped me on the table. They was like, you're gonna be out for about 15 minutes and then it's done. And I was like, oh, okay. Had a little cry before. And then um, they woke me up. They walked me to sit on a chair. They tried to give me like an orange squash, but I didn't want it. And they gave me like a little biscuit. And then um, they was like, go and check if you're bleeding. Like nothing was happening. So I was like, oh, this other girl opposite me was having a terrible time. She was vomiting and bleeding. They was like, if you don't bleed in seven days, you've got to come back because you could still be pregnant. And I was like, okay. And then um, I 
phoned my dad, he come and got me. They said that someone should be with you 24 hours. After two hours, I asked him to leave because I felt fine. Still no bleeding. Went back to work the next day. I'd been advised to not really exercise, so I sort of taught my classes, but really low, moderate. Still no bleeding. And five days had gone past now, so I was like, oh my God, like this, this, is, this is turning into a nightmare. And then um, that day I'd sort of arranged to meet up my mum and I hadn't told her anything. I didn't want her to know, but I said to her, look, I'm, I feel like I need some therapy and I need to, to work through some stuff. And she was amazing, she was really supportive, but I still didn't tell her because I felt like she would um, be disgusted with me. So I got home that night and then my brother phoned me about something and my mum had told my brother some stuff and I had a massive argument with my mum so I was like that's my business you shouldn't tell anyone here and I went mental I felt so like I thought thank god I never told her about the pregnancy because she would have told I just went into this whole fucking trigger of being this possessed human of just but again I had all these hormones in me and god knows what and I just phoned my mum and I went nuts at her and I was like how dare you tell anyone my business and then I bled and you know what it brought it on and I was relieved I still didn't really want anyone to know and just carried on working and going through all my shit just pretending everything was fine not acknowledging anything I just didn't want to feel into it I didn't want to the thing that was the most ironic was I'd been trying for a baby exactly 12 months before that and I just had this 12 months later I couldn't get my head around it I didn't want to get my head around it so I just blocked it all out went back to work just pretending if it was normal me and my partner was sort of trying to work through things it was on and off and then um, I went to my friend's yoga retreat in the September so I wasn't into meditation then I was into like power yoga that's what got me through everything I wanted to sweat I wanted to feel pain and she did an evening yin class and a heart opener. And it just set something off in me. I had to leave the room and I went upstairs and I began to grieve. And I cried, I cried at the shame of everything. I cried at the shame of myself. I cried at what could have been, what wasn't, and just had this whole fucking experience. And it terrified me. I, I didn't know what was going on. I felt really, really open and vulnerable and I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable. I went downstairs the next day and just sort of got on with the yoga and didn't want to do the meditation after that. I just stayed away from it because it scared the shit out of me. And when I got back, I just needed space. And me and my partner had been trying to work through things. And I said to him, I can't do this right now. I need to just be me and figure out what I want. And he just loved me so much. It broke him. But it was what I needed to do. And I took a step back. He's gone on his own journey since. And he's really gone into himself and found a different career path and just and just changing who he is and in the meantime I was just trying to figure out what I wanted and who I was so I took some space from it and one thing I really really realized was I wasn't happy in myself or my body I felt really out of sorts I realized that Part of my journey as well is I had these implants in and I was like you know what even if you was to have a baby like I don't want to have plastic in my body so the first thing I wanted to do was actually in the new year get my implants out which is something that I booked 
and my partner he we me and him were still on and off at this point even though I couldn't decide it was like this game of cat and mouse I didn't know what I wanted but I just also didn't want to be left and um, he supported me on this journey and I had my implants out and I went on another yoga retreat and this time I did do the meditation and I had I did all of the meditations to an extent and I had another opening journey of I'm ready to love again I feel like I need love and I felt like I needed love from that person I still didn't realize that I needed to begin to love myself I was still seeking love from somebody else by this point me and my partner were so fucked up he was like I can't deal with this anymore and I don't blame him like but I was like so needy I'd become this needy I need love I need love I didn't realize I needed my own love (laughs) and then lockdown came lockdown came and it was really fucking scary because now I needed love it's been a few months and I'm trying to figure out what I was doing and I'd become a super 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 workaholic at this point because I couldn't figure out how to get love I just thought I have to work harder I have to work harder so I threw myself at work even harder and when lockdown came and shut the gyms, I had nothing. I felt like, oh my God, even that's been took away from me. It's like, I'm, which sounds dramatic for some of you, but I was like, this is the place I'd spend seven days a week at. I would take one day off a month and it was gone overnight. And it was the best thing that ever fucking happened to me. It made me go inwards. I created my online company. I started to be free again. I didn't have to worry about anyone else. Um, me and my ex like that partner had finally split up properly he'd met someone else which kind of made me feel like a relief where I was like okay like there's, there's no going back now he's with someone else and I began this sort of journey of my online business however in the September we reconnected and I can appreciate what trauma bonding is now and we sort of started seeing each other and lockdown was lifting and everything was going crazy kind of back to normal but not back to normal and we was at this push-pull dynamic and I wanted him to love me and he didn't know if he could love me and it was like the roles had reversed because he'd always been that one that had loved me and I wasn't sure and the roles had reversed and this time I was like feeling things slip through my fingers and didn't know what to do and when I say I felt heartbreak I'd go to sleep with such chronic anxiety, still on all my medication, and smoking weed heavily at this point as well now to even sleep and get through the night. So it now been like nearly two years of weed smoking at night because that was a new addition to my addictions. Plus I'd added diazepam into the mix because even the weed wasn't working anymore. So I just, everything was a, a cocktail of drugs to sleep. And I'd go to bed at night and my heart would hurt so much. I'd hold my heart and I would just feel into that pain and just wake up the next day just sad, just constantly sad. And then it got to the point that breathwork came into my life and breathwork began to give me some peace. It, it, it shifted something in me. Breathwork was the best thing I ever began doing. If you haven't tried breathwork, Wim Hof for Beginners is how I started. It started to help me sleep at night and then that led me to finding a way to sort of cope with my pain. At this point, me and my partner is, was done and dusted and he made it perfectly clear how he felt and I was like, right, you are on your own again, but you're not on your own because community started to come in 
started to share who I was with people who didn't judge me. I then met someone and connected and she did some Reiki on me and I didn't even know what Reiki was and she put her hands over my womb and I just broke down. I'd just gone there just to hang out and she's like, you need some healing. And then all this stuff was coming out, all the pain from the, the, the first marriage where I thought I was carrying a baby. And my friend's a midwife and she said, when you have a big shock, even if you are like early pregnancy, you can have a missed miscarriage. And it just felt like I was grieving this this first loss from my marriage, which I hadn't even realized I was holding. It hurt so much. And from there, it just began to sort of start to awaken that I needed to clear energy here. And the womb is where we hold our creativity, our sensuality and our sexuality. It's part of our sacral chakra where we, we birth ideas, we birth life. But I felt like I couldn't tell or speak about it because I still felt like everyone was going to judge me and shame me because I was judging myself and shaming myself. I also knew people that wanted babies for a long time and there was me like that had done this, what I felt like this horrific thing. But actually now when I look back on it, I wasn't ready to be a mum when I, when, we, when I had the abortion. I wasn't. I was just starting to figure it out. And if I think back to my marriage, we hadn't actually really been happy for a long time. But we'd just sort of settled for each other and it felt like it was the next stage of life. And society was like, you know, you're in your 30s now, you better hurry up. Whereas actually now, I know plenty of women that don't even have kids till their early 40s or even mid 40s. I am so, so grateful that I made a decision based on what I wanted to do, even though it was the hardest decision of my life. It was the right thing for me to do at the time. And I used to have a lot of regret, but actually now I look back on it, I appreciate the journey. And what I've been doing lately is where I'm connecting to a lot of women and we're just openly talking about our experiences and so many women are opening up on all different levels and it doesn't matter what the story is or what happened or why we did it. It's It was the right thing for us to do at that time and we are holding all this and the womb loves to hold guilt and we're just holding this energy here. So one thing that I've been really doing lately that's really helping me process all of this is I journal now so much I was journaling when all this happened, but I didn't even journal about the fact that I'd had the termination because I was so like disgusted by myself that I didn't even want to write down to remind it. I thought I could block it all out. I thought I could medicate it all out. Since last, I think last February is when I stopped smoking weed in the evenings to sleep. It's only been a few months ago that I've actually stopped smoking weed at all because I'd still have it as a treat. But it's last year was where I began the journey of and I've come off all my anxiety medication because I thought you know what please God if I do decide to have a baby in the future depending on whatever my circumstances are I want to have a vessel that's got no pharmaceuticals in it and I know it's a challenge with the world that we live in today and you know the water we drink and the food that we eat but I just want to be able to hold space in the best way that I can and not have any worry or fear in that aspect I am much more responsible now and the thing is when you're with a partner now I'm sort of looking into things like Tantra and breath work there's so much studies that show and so much history that men aren't actually meant to ejaculate 
when they have an orgasm. And that's how we would have, and the same with women, it's called cosmic meditation if you're interested, a way to channel your sexual energy so that you can have an internal orgasm without needing to ejaculate. Because I was thinking, well, if people don't want to use condoms and they're in sa- safe relationships, for example, I'm not saying go around and have unprotected sex with everyone, but what's the solution? And the condoms make everyone have this barrier that people don't like, but it's a risk. So how could we reduce that risk? And it's things like Tantra that I'm looking into and stuff at the moment and sort of beginning to explore is you can have semen retention for men and women can have their own internal orgasm. And what the Tao say is when we have an orgasm externally, whether it's ejaculation or women, when we masturbate, for example, and have that, that, ex- that external orgasm coming through, you're giving your power away and it depletes our energy and to depletes our creative energy so it's something that in the future when I am working through whatever needs to come through in a relationship it's something to consider because then that way we can have safe orgasms (laughs) without the risk of anything with a pregnancy if you're not ready at least that way when you then do actually start to have sex and the man ejaculates for example then you know right you've got that intention there where we're going to make a baby and you can do tantra you don't have to have physical sex as well you can have internal orgasms just by doing seated meditations you don't even need to physically touch yourself or your partner it's a whole journey to be worked through so i just wanted to share my journey today and if you are someone that's that's gone through whether it's a termination or an abortion and you are holding that energy there and it's that fear of speaking about it and saying it to others and sharing your story. You know, we've all gone through a journey and one thing that's really blown my mind is how many of us have actually gone through this experience and don't even wanna talk about it either and I totally appreciate that. But we're holding that energy and it doesn't mean go and talk about it to the world necessarily, but what could you do to start to recognize that that energy, if we don't release it, then we keep harboring it. And that's what then turns into that heaviness in the womb and the sacral chakra, the water element is, if we don't release these emotions, it turns into like depression, this heavy denseness, or we try and avoid our feelings like I did and, and medicate. And it took me years to get off my medication, but I'm so glad that I began this journey last year and if it wasn't for things like microdosing and plant medicine that really assisted getting off because that for me allowed me to start crying because when I first had the termination I didn't didn't cry at all I didn't really cry properly for five years and it was the plant medicine starting microdosing that allowed me to start crying and grieving really really properly and then from that it sort of led me to doing all this healing without necessarily needing plant medicine anymore but it gave me the tool to allow me to start to connect to my emotions which I'd shut off for so many years microdosing is something that has definitely changed my life but I began with breathwork first so that breathwork grounds you breathwork brings you into your body plant medicine will then allow you to bring your emotions to the surface if it's something you're thinking about doing like if you want to reach out and talk about these sorts of things as well I'm, I'm here to talk about it I hope that this podcast um, wasn't too well I just hope that this podcast 
came across in the way that I intended it to just to share my journey and just to let you know that you're not alone if you're going through anything like this and I'm not saying that we've got the same story but I'm here if you need to talk have a blessed day lots of love and light and I'll see you soon for episode 24